It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with Brett Rush. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important Taking you home here on Thursday afternoon, your daily sports fix from 4 to 6. It's the Sports Rush right here on 1380 The Fan 100.9 FM. I'm the coach, Shannon Griffith, filling in for my partner, Brett Rump, who's down in northern Kentucky getting ready to take uh, call the Dons and Norris basketball game tonight, 645, right after uh, the Thursday night coaches show. Again, that's only a 45-minute show. Then we break away for Purdue-Fort Wayne taking on Northern Kentucky in a big Horizon League matchup. Alongside me in the producer's chair, as always, Mr. Adam Lundy. Had a nice first hour there, Adam. Coming up second hour, we have the one and only Eric Dukevich for the top five teams in boys and girls basketball. Uh, getting ready for the game of the week tomorrow. Doubleheader uh, coming up. Wayne at Bishop Lures, 6 o'clock tip-off. And then, of course, the post-game show live at the Pizza Hut there about 9.15. And you'll be a part of that. Absolutely. Just saw the Bishop Lures boys a couple days ago as they took on Norwell in some out-of-conference action. It was a very exciting game uh, down in Ossian as Bishop Lures had a game winner, Mm -hmm. uh, essentially, to get the win down in Ossian in a close one against Norwell. So looking forward to seeing the Lures Knights take on the Wayne Generals uh, tomorrow evening. Uh, The boys, two very high-powered offenses in the SAC, and they're at the top of the SAC standings. So that'll be a great one tomorrow night. Well, Eric will give his breakdown of the area's top five, top four of boys and girls basketball teams. Little uh, after the break, got a big interview coming up with the Diamond Hands, Daniel Amsbury, the new signing of the Fort Wayne Comets. They signed him after this past weekend. Now he is serving a suspension that will finally be concluded, uh, I believe, by the 3rd of february which would give him an opportunity to play in the cincinnati game down in cincinnati and then back here at the coliseum hopefully for his introduction into the jungle on the fourth against the kalamazoo k wings um i think it's a big i think it's a good signing now i like these type of players i've made no bones about it yeah now amsbury he can be a little uh, off kilter, I guess you could say <laughs> at times, but if he can come in here and do the things that he does the right way and give the comments, like he said, some energy and keep the keep the guys away from taking the big hits, you know, like the youngins and some of these guys that are AHL contracted bodies, then to me, it's a huge signing for the comments because. Uh, it makes those guys a little bit bigger on the ice. And that will be the key component. Can you do the right thing, not take dumb penalties and things of that magnitude? 
but he sounds pretty uh, – it'll be kind of interesting to get his feel about signing in Fort Wayne. Yeah, excited to hear from uh, Daniel Amesbury here in about uh, you know 13 minutes or so yeah. coming up, just a few minutes. Well, and we talked a little bit about the Pacers' big matchup this starting tonight, 76ers, and then the Suns, and then the Grizzlies, John Conchar, you brought up earlier, yeah. coming to uh, Indianapolis this Sunday, the Pacers uh, battling uh, for a playoff spot and in a division that's kind of, you know, tight. Definitely. Definitely. And, of course, your Knicks are right in the thick of things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's your biggest uh, uh, thing that you like to talk about in the NBA world of, of thought. <laughs> and it's what everybody here in Northeast Indiana wants to hear about. <laughs> well, we, you know, we've talked a little bit of IU basketball mm-hmm. in that first hour. Purdue doing their thing. They seem to be a tough team uh, right now in the Big Ten. Illinois. Number 10 team ranked in the sure. team coming up for the Hoosiers on Saturday. But the big games this weekend, of course, Sunday, the two championship games. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs and Baltimore Ravens kicking off at 3 o'clock. Now, that will be joined in progress after the Rutgers-Purdue game mm-hmm. here on 1380 The Fan. And then Detroit and San Francisco in the nightcap. Uh, both good matchups. Something, and I guess jumping to that Detroit San Francisco game, it seems to me that it's Detroit's fairy tale season, doesn't it? Oh I yeah. I, I just get that feeling that you know, with everything that's transpired for them, uh, them getting to where they are as a football team, uh, they've just uh, had this fairy tale story of a season, right? Um, that's led them to this opportunity one game before the. You know, the big one. And it's been absolutely huge for the fan base. You know, the entire Detroit Lions fan base has really been enjoying this season. I mean, you start off oh, on yeah, a, was rocking. You start <laughs> off on a hot note on, on the season, beating the Chiefs just to get things started for the Lions early in the season. And then, you know, you have this fun season. You get to the playoffs. You, you, you win the division. And, uh, yeah, a lot of fun stuff here going on for the Detroit Lions. And then they got a big test coming in to San Francisco on Sunday. Yeah, that that's going to be the biggest thing is going into San Fran. Um, Jock, per, uh, Brock Purdy, here's a guy that a year ago, no one would have thought he would even be a part of the equation. And now he is the part of the equation. Now he didn't play all that great, uh, the last outing, uh, but he played really good at the right time. Exactly. And that's what that you ball. need from a yeah, quarterback. Yeah. In that ball game last week. So, you know, I, it's, uh, it's an interesting matchup. Um, I just, I do feel like it's, you know, Detroit's era, you know, year in some respects, just because of of some of the things that have occurred, and they haven't been there for a while. So I think that plays a big part of it. And you know, I kind of like their team. They got a little bit of you know that Detroit mentality, rough, yeah, you know, a little tough, edge to them, yeah, tough and uh, blue collar type of work team, and yeah, definitely, and, and play hard. And their defense, I think, is phenomenal. Um, I'm gonna make a joke. They had they're a Hawaiian blue collar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, where's the drums when? Yeah, right? I know, right? <laughs> but that one, that one, I think is going to be a, di- a a good game. Uh, haven't looked up the point spread on that, but I got to think that San Fran's probably, at le- probably a favorite just because it's in San Fran. But I, you know, I may be wrong as I'm not quite sure on that. But then the matchup that I think everyone's talking about, about you got uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, versus the man himself. Yeah. And that's going to be Mahomes is the 
that game is going to be an interesting game between two talented, athletic quarterbacks. And we heard from Lamar himself earlier today. He was asked if he's looking forward to the matchup, and he said he basically said, no, I'm not looking forward to the matchup. I don't, I don't like playing Patrick Mahomes. He's a really good quarterback, That's and I right. think it's going to be quite the battle. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a really good one there, the early game on Sunday. Yeah, and I got a little tie into the Baltimore Ravens as the offensive coordinator is Todd Munkin. And yeah. Todd and I go back in our coaching trees. He used to be at Eastern Michigan when I was at Ball State and have known him through the years. And he was brought in after his national championship game, uh, win with the you know, Georgia Bulldogs. He got the Baltimore Ravens offensive coordinator position. He's really restored offensively some of the things that they've needed to take a little bit of heat off of Jackson. Um, the run game, I thought, was phenomenal in their in their last game. I thought, you know, uh, their offensive line played well. And then, you know, when they tried to match everything up on the outside, he was running quarterback control. It was like taking candy from a baby <laughs> uh, in that ball game last week. But two interesting ball games. Uh, what, did you get the lines? Yeah, let's take a look at some of those lines. Taking a look at 49ers-Lions first. The San Francisco 49ers are favored by a touchdown minus seven on the game. That's a little surprising. That's a little bit more than I would have thought. I'm, I, yeah. I'm not so sure I don't take... Uh, the Lions and the points on that one. And then taking a look at the over-under for 49ers-Lions, they set it at 51 and a half. Hmm. I don't know if it'll be that high. I, I just, I, I mean, right. I think you, that's kind I think of like you, a 27, 24, 24, yeah, 21 type yeah, game. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, that may, that may be right on it. I don't know if it's going to be much above it. Right. Um, but again, it, it, it it's all determined on what offense is hot in that game. That And, uh, you know, I haven't looked up the weather for this weekend yeah. for, for the 49ers, but rain could also play a factor in that over-under as well. Taking a look at the Ravens-Chiefs lines here, uh, the Baltimore Ravens are minus three and a half favorites on the game. I would see that being uh, very true. Um, and that... Uh, I, I, well, you know, the sheet that you have up here actually does have the lines. Oh, nice. It, well, it had San Francisco as a seven and a half point favorite, so that's come down, down a little, a little bit. bit mm -hmm. And I think that is a little bit, still a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. But that Kansas City Baltimore, hey, I think that's a, a pretty good uh, spread there. But again, how do you not take Mahomes and the points in then? In yeah. that one. It's going to be tough. And then just taking a look at the over-under for Ravens Chiefs. They've set that one at 44.5, so just a little bit more defense expected in that game. That's a little surprising. You could almost, in my mind, flip right. the two games yeah. in terms of what I would think. But you got Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you got Taylor Swift in the crowd, Jason <laughs> Kelsey get, throwing up the love sign. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I know there are some people that have really just kind of tuned everything out as it comes to that part of the game because it's kind of taken its course in, in my respects. But we talked the first hour, Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers, leaving University of Michigan after capturing the national title. I believe he's the first coach to win a national title and boat, uh, boat uh, to the NFL. And uh, that would be an interesting dynamic thing. That's going to be good. And then you've got some updates as it comes to everything else but I'll, let's go into the adam lundy sports <laughs> headlines 
Uh, just a little bit of breaking news. We won't go full headlines, but the Atlanta Falcons do plan to hire Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris as their next head coach. It won't be Bill Belichick down with the Falcons. Raheem Morris uh, is familiar with the Falcons. He was with them from 2015 to 2020, serving various roles such as assistant head coach, pass game coordinator, wide receivers coach, defensive coordinator, and he was also the interim head coach for the Falcons in 2020. So he is familiar with the organization. Last time he was a head coach was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Mm -hmm. from 2009 to 2011. So the latest landing on the NFL coaching carousel has landed Raheem Morris with the Atlanta Falcons. And he was in the talks with the Colts last year as a possibility as well. Really good coach, had some really good defenses over the years. Surprising that Parcells... And well, and Crable is mm-hmm. still on the outside looking in. Um, they'll, you know, Belichick in that regard. Hey, he's had a tremendous career. I think he's seventy-two. Somebody yep. said. And yep. I couldn't believe it in that regard. But thanks for that big update here. We're going to come back here in a little bit. We'll talk with the new Comet signing, Mister Diamond Hands, Daniel Amsbury himself. Right after this, here on the Sports Rush on 1380, the fan, 100.9 FM. Comets prepared for a big weekend and made a big signing this past weekend as well, signing Diamond Hands, Daniel Amsbury. Daniels uh, will not be able to play with the Comets until February 3rd versus Cincinnati. Unfortunately, that is in Cincinnati that weekend. He'll get his jungle debut on Sunday, February the 4th against the K-Wings. On a Sunday afternoon, now joining us on that famous hotline is Diamond Hands, Daniel Ansbury. Daniel, welcome on the Sports Rush. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, uh, I know that you're in the midst of traveling to and from, I think, back to Dansbury, maybe to pick up some of your belongings as as the world of minor league sports is ever changing. uh, To get back to Fort Wayne, Uh, is that a fair assessment? That's what you're... Uh, completing on doing right now yeah i'm uh, gonna go back to danbury and get uh, actually going to get my family and uh we're gonna drive back up to hopefully be back up this for monday and uh get settled in yeah that's a, yeah that's a probably what a 12 14 hour drive so it's not too bad i guess you would say yeah it's only like 10 and a half so it's not too bad not too bad well safe travels on your way back and you know, I kind of wanted to go back here and uh, kind of see how this all came to light with you signing with the comments. Now you're playing with the Daniel Dansbury Hat Tricks in the FPHL, and um, in the midst of, I guess you call it a, a suspension there uh, uh, in the FPHL. But the comments come calling. And how did that all come about for you with Fort Wayne and you coming together to come come to Fort Wayne? Well, I mean, before I was dealing with all that stuff in, uh, in Danbury, I was actually like, we had already spoke with, we were kind of already talking about it with the comments and stuff. And it had been going on for a little bit. And then uh, it just finally came to the point. Like it was a, it was a decision I had to make and, and it was a decision I wanted to make, but it took me a little time to make it. And we all, it took for us all, you know, work things out and obviously I have a family and stuff like that but yeah no I'm I'm really excited to be here and, and I think all the stars just aligned just perfectly um for me to end up in Fort Wayne um yeah so well yeah and sometimes I, I think uh maybe some people don't realize that it rarely happens on a whim 
that somebody uh, is going to be signed by a club or not. There usually is some type of, oh, I guess, feelers out there to see who is or may be interested. And once you get to that point, you start kind of working out the particulars. And what did the Comets say they were looking for uh, from a guy like you? Um, I really just said energy. Energy seemed to be the main thing. You know, like, mm-hmm. um, they said that that's just something, you know, they wanted some insurance. They got lots of skilled players. They wanted some, you know, the, the guys that feel protected out there and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, pretty much everything that I offer in my main game is, is really my number one thing is being an energy guy, getting the crowd into it, getting the team into it, making it fun, making it fast and, and exciting and trying to get really everybody in the game. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's my main thing. Obviously, I'll do it by any means. And, uh, you know, whether that's a hit or a fight or, or whatever it is I can do to contribute, that's, uh, that's what I'm here to do. But, yeah, I think uh, energy and grit, um, that's kind of what they brought me in for. Now, you've had a chance to play up front and then back at defensive uh, defense this last year, I believe, with uh, Danbury. Where do you see yourself with the Comets? Up up as a forward or, or filling in as a pop- possible extra D-man? No, I think I'll be staying on the wing in Fort Wayne. I think that's been kind of, you know, that's generally kind of where I usually end up. I played a little defense this year, and I'm comfortable moving back if we need it and stuff like that. But I think for me to contribute as much energy as I can on the ice and stuff like that, I think having me up front is the best move, and, that, and that's the game plan. So, um, you know, like I said, I'm going to be an energy guy, dumping and chasing and getting big hits. And uh, if, uh, if the fight comes, a fight comes. <laughs> More than happy to engage. Well, now that you, well, I guess I should fully disclose my like of hockey. It goes back to the old days where guys were, oh, let's say, uh, energized by the fact that they had an agreement to maybe drop the gloves over something that was said about one's mother or something. But uh, in today's hockey, you know, you don't see that as much as you, we once did, and we all understand the game's evolving. Uh, but at the same time, you've got to have guys that are capable of protecting, uh, whether it be a rookie that's contracted to the AHL, uh, you know, Bernard that's in Chicago who got his mouth broke or his jaw broke. And, you know, eventually Felino went out and took on the guy that, uh, made that hit. But it is still a part of the game. Yeah, it's a, and I think it's a big part of the game, and I, I think the pendulum is starting to swing again back that way, and, and people are seeing the value again in it. You're seeing the fights are ramping up in the NHL a little bit. Um, at the end of the day, it is it is kind of like a secret weapon in this day because it's, it's like guys like you know like me, I guess you can say, are just a little bit harder to find now. Um, but yeah, like I, I mean, um, I've been lucky enough. I, I haven't played a ton of pro seasons, but I've, I've I've, I've won a few professional championships or a couple of professional championships. And in that process, I just think like what I've done energetically and stuff, like I, I'll contribute any way I can. And I, and I think that, um, I think guys like me can really change the game. Um, they can make a team feel bigger, um, feel more comfortable on the ice. You don't have to worry about getting hit, stuff like that. Uh, and then it makes another team kind of look over their shoulder and worry about, Oh, is Amesbury on the ice or who's going to hit me or, they're kind of looking over their shoulder and, and stuff like that. So you can really affect the game, and you can really affect just the psychology behind everybody, um, how they're feeling in their minds and, and how loose they are or how tight they are. 
Um, so, um, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, like I said, I'm gonna, I'm here to bring energy. I'm here to bring grit. Um, you're definitely, you know, Fort Wayne's definitely going to be seeing me fighting uh, and getting the crowd into it. So. Well, let me, and, and I think there's some things, too, about this Comet lineup being that there are quite a few rookies, more so than any ever Comet team probably in the recent past, but they do have some of their veterans. Sean Sadlowski is one of those guys that not only can he put the puck in the net, you know, throughout his career, he's not afraid to uh, drop the mitts and go if it need be. But when you have somebody maybe like yourself, he's not having to fulfill the burden of that role. Would you say that exactly. is that something that you see uh, with the comments and maybe talking with Sid and some of the other guys in that locker room? Yeah, and I mean, I mean, Sid's super tough. Like, everybody knows that he can throw down if he needs to, and he's got it, and he, and he still uses it if he needs to. But I think I can take a little weight off his shoulders and let him play a little bit more hockey and not have to worry about being the big brother and taking care of everybody and stuff out there. Like, um, I think I think it'll help. I think it'll help everybody. It'll help everybody kind of focus on what their job is, and I'll, I'll take care of the physicality on the ice. And, and, and I hope that it makes, and I, and I know it will, it'll make everybody else on the team, you know, finish a couple more checks, and, and they'll be hitting a little bit more because they'll know that uh, at the end of the day, <clears throat> nobody's coming for them to, to take to, you know, if they hit one of their guys, nobody's going to come to them because then they know they'll have to deal with me. So, um, yeah, I think it'll it, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm really excited to be in the city of Fort Wayne, and, and uh, like I said, there's anything I can do to contribute to this team, whether it's on or off the ice, I'll be doing it. Now, when you went through uh, this process with Fort Wayne, were you aware of Fort Wayne and the Comet Hockey Organization, not only history, but even some of the history with some of the tough guys that have come through over the years? Well, I, I you know, obviously, like for me, I, I, I've, I'm a little bit older, and, you know, I'm the same, same age as Sid, uh, pretty close, and... Uh, we, you know, I, I've been, I was in the Central League days playing against Fort Wayne and stuff like that. So I, I, I know, I knew a little bit about it. And then, you know, as I started to talk to my friends and ask questions and stuff a little bit, I, I started to realize, you know, like, oh my gosh, this is Fort Wayne is going to be, that's the place, that's my people. This is gonna mm-hmm. be the place for me and the history here, um, and how long the team's been around and stuff like that. So I'm really excited about all that stuff, but I've been hearing nothing but good things and, um, you know, from people that played here as well as the fans and people that, you know, even people from other fan bases have said nothing but good things about the, the organization. And, and I've seen nothing but good things since I got here. So it's been an amazing, amazing experience. Well, that's one thing that I would say that uh, the Franke family has done a great job. And that is one thing, supporting their players and taking care of them, giving them a first class in an environment. Uh, it's pretty close to some, in some respects, an NHL uh, city in terms of the fan base and in terms of their knowledge and, and such of of hockey. So I think you're coming into an area where a lot of guys, like you said, have come here, played their career, but ultimately stay in Fort Wayne and raise their family. So it's a very friendly atmosphere, and I think your family will uh, enjoy being a part of the Fort Wayne community. One last thing here. I know that uh, with you and social media that you've done a pretty good job with your Instagram and things of that nature. You got 30 plus thousand or so on Instagram and you have a podcast with AJ Galante. Now, people may not know that name or remember that name, but he was the general manager slash owner of the Danbury Trashers back in the day, who had probably one of the toughest teams in the UHL. 
and uh, talk a little bit about your podcast and, and teaming up with AJ. Yeah, so the podcast is called the Talk and Trash Podcast, and we're on YouTube and uh, Instagram, and our handle is at DB Trashers. It's, it's been really fun for me and AJ. Um, we really kind of just get to be ourselves and, and just kind of hang out and talk about stuff, and, and we're just starting to bring on some guests and stuff. So, um, yeah, the podcast has been really fun. Me and AJ came together. I fought in uh, a, promo- a fight. It was a hockey fighting promotion, kind of like a <laughs> boxing show on ice. And uh, that was uh, called a King of the Rink tournament. Um, you can find that one on the internet as well. Uh, you just, uh, but yeah, it was um, that was a really cool experience, and I ended up winning the uh, eight-man tournament. I was the last man standing in this hockey fighting tournament. So that's how I got connected with AJ Galante uh, and and his father Jimmy, and then and then they basically they loved me since day one, and they're the ones who convinced me to come out of retirement and come play in Danbury, and, and, you know, ultimately the reason that I'm here today in Fort Wayne. Yeah, that's a pretty interesting story. And also you have participated in Ice Wars, which is, I believe, more of a Canadian uh, hockey boxing on ice. I guess is that would yeah. be a great description of that, it. That was, yeah, that was what it was. It was the okay. Ice Wars King of the Rink tournament. And, uh, yeah, that was the promotion that AJ and his father had, and, um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and, and that's kind of how I got connected with them. And then since then, I've I've uh, you know I came out of retirement. I, I mean, the last season I had was actually uh, I was in the Central League. I believe Fort Wayne was in the Central League yes. that year. That was in 2014 when it merged with the ECHL. Um, so that was my last pro season. And then I came back last year, came out of retirement, got the legs back, started to feel better, and uh, kind of you know in the process, I you know I actually. Last season, I played my first pro lacrosse game as well, box lacrosse, which is like indoor lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I fought in rough and rowdy. Um, obviously, I did the ice wars. And, uh, yeah, it's been a, a pretty cool last couple of years for, for me and AJ and, and uh, everything we have going on. Well, you can find, like you said, that Talking Trash is on uh, YouTube every day. And then uh, your uh, Instagram uh, handle there, Dan? Is it Amsbury 2 or? It's uh, Ames, A-M-E-S, number 2, Barry, B-U-R-Y. Yeah, there everybody, and, uh, everybody can find you there. Yeah, yeah, we try and do lots of fun content and stuff on there, and we post our podcast and stuff on there um, as well. Well, I thank you for joining us here on the Sports Rush today. Safe travels back to Fort Wayne, and we look forward to fi- finally seeing you suit up in the jungle Sunday, February the 4th against the Kalamazoo Wings, if my calculations are right on that. Yes, yes. I'm also looking forward to it. It's going to be really fun. Excited to play for the Comets and be in the city of Fort Wayne. That's Diamond Hands' Daniel Amsbury joining us here today on the Sports Rush. We're going to step aside. We'll be back right here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Welcome back here on the Sports Rush, a Thursday edition to correct something because I was mistaken. The Wayne at Bishop Lewis basketball game Friday night is just the boys game. So that will probably tip around that 740-ish, 745-ish time period. So Wayne at Bishop Lewis, boys only on Friday night. Thanks again to Diamond Hands, Daniel Ansbury from the Fort Wayne Comets. Looking forward to him suiting up for the K's and uh, bringing a little bit of protection on the ice for the boys. But we need 
no introduction for our next guest, as that's time for the weekly top five boys and girls basketball teams. And to do that, bringing on my partner in crime from upon further review, from Parkview Sports Medicine, Mr. Eric Dukevich. Eric, how's it going, my man? Good afternoon, Shannon. Good to be with you, and uh, our, our worlds collide again. Well, you know, each and every Thursday, you got to do your thing here, and <laughs> I got to make sure when I'm filling in for Rumpy that I you got it. I keep well, you're the, doing a fine job, my keep, friend. Keep keep the the train moving ahead as he's down in Northern Kentucky getting ready to call that game tonight. Big one for the Dons. But let's talk a little bit of high school basketball here as we. Do your weekly segment here of five of the top area teams. Let's start on the girls' side of the coin to tonight. Who we got at number five? Yeah, just a reminder, not a not a power poll, but just kind of looking back at the week that was. And we start with number five. We'll go with the Carroll Lady Chargers. Yeah. You know, three straight wins for this Carroll team after five losses, so they've kind of rebounded down the stretch here. Let's close the regular season. They upset Lures a couple weeks ago. I ran away with some SAC wins over Southside and Northside. Uh, they have Snyder tomorrow night to close out the regular season, and then they got East Noble in the first round of sectionals on Tuesday. So uh, a little bit of momentum for the Chargers. Uh, they try to keep things moving along, but uh, they find themselves at number five in the poll this week. Hard to believe that sectional play is upon us already. That is crazy, and that'll be a good one tomorrow night versus Snyder. Who you got coming in at number four? Number four, the East Noble Knights. <laughs> this team is really good. Uh, really solid. They're 13-7 on the year. They've got two straight wins for their last five. Uh, they did start 8-1, and then they kind of hit a slump there, but they've won four of their last five now. Uh, you know, freshman Avery Amstutz, who's Luke's daughter, leading the, the way on the scoring side with 10 points a game. They're at Norwell tomorrow night. That's a tough one, obviously. Norwell, a very good team. But East Noble, another team to kind of watch in that sectional, especially with that first-round matchup against Carroll on Tuesday. Yeah, and Luke's daughter is only a freshman. Amazing. Let's look at number three coming in this week on your poll. Number three, the Jay County Patriots. <laughs> You know, big congrats to them. Fourth straight ACAC sweep uh, for the Lady Patriots. They won the regular season. They won the tournament undefeated in the league. This is nine ACAC tournament and, and team championships regular season since they joined the ACAC 10 years ago. They've just dominated that conference. 18 straight wins this year. They're 20-2 and two, um, and uh, just Amazing. Uh, senior Sophia Saxman, 11 for 13 this week in the last two games. So she's looked great for them. She was the MVP of the ACAC tournament and uh, trying to get over that sectional hump. You know, they've, they've placed Hamilton Heights the last couple of years and it's and not gone well for them. So hopefully for them, a little bit better outcome this year. Uh, but a really good team down in Portland, and they come in at number three. And the first season for their head coach Sherry McIntyre, not too shabby. Starting not off too at shabby. twenty and two, yeah. Number two this week, who we got? Number two, we say hello to the Whitco Lady Wildcats. What a year it has been for this team. They are sitting at seventeen and three, eight and one. 
most importantly, though, they clinched a share of their first Three Rivers Conference championships since 2008. The way that things played out down the stretch, they took a loss to Lewis Cass midway through the year. That kind of maybe perhaps decided the conference. But oh, not so fast. Whitco keeps winning games. Um, they're up to nine straight wins. And, oh, by the way, Lewis Cass took a, le- a loss earlier in the week. So Whitco is in as a champion. They have a chance to win it outright if uh, Cass falls again tomorrow night to McConaughey. But uh, at the very least, conference champions for Whitco just to the west of Fort Wayne and South Whitley. So we say congrats to them. They come in at number two. And topping off the poll at number one this week. Number one, the Snyder Lady Panthers. This team keeps rolling the top five team in the How about this? 8-0. and They've clinched the share of the SAC, their first SAC championship since 2015. Have an opportunity tomorrow night to, to wrap up a, uh, the outright uh, title. Uh, Jordan Poole has looked phenomenal all year. A candidate for missing basketball. They did draw Northrop in the first round of sectionals, so that's going to be an exciting first-round matchup uh, next Tuesday night. Um, but just a really solid team that has, has done it well all year long. They went to semi-state a year ago, regional the year before. This is a team with state championship aspirations, and they mean it when they say it, and it's a team that we could really see go far uh, come postseason. Yeah, the Lady Panthers got it rolling. Let's switch over to the men's side of the equation. Number five this week in the men's poll. Number five, the Jay County Patriots. Great to have them in our poll for the first time. Now, this is a 4-9 and nine team. They're 2-1 and one in the ACAC, so they're still in there. But I tell you what, two straight wins after eight straight losses. That's huge when you're playing in the conference when it's only like seven wins to, to win it. So uh, they beat South Adams and Hagerstown. Early wins over Elwood and Woodland. Uh, you know, a nice little stretch here for Jay County uh, as they kind of get things going and try to find their own momentum. And number four this week. Number four, the Canterbury Cavaliers. You know, not a, not a lot of times about a team like Canterbury being independent, so they don't have a conference championship to play for, but they're six and seven on the year, but they've gone four straight wins after a two and seven start. They got win over in the Col- two wins in the Culver Academy's Classic. Also beat Huntington North and Northrop. Anytime you can beat bigger teams like that, it's something to do uh, to look at. Devin Lewis, 17 points a game in his senior year, leading the way for the Cavs. Canterbury uh, is going to be a tough out in that class 1A, so have a really good opportunity to do some damage in their sectional uh, that does not have really a lot of loaded teams in it. So I think Canterbury probably the, the favorite in that, that sectional. Um, and obviously that's something for them to play for, not being in a conference. Yeah, that's the 1A Southern Wells sectional that Canterbury's in, so they'll have a chance there. Then number three this week. Number three, the Manchester Squires. You know, another team out west of Fort Wayne in the Three Rivers Conference. They're number 11 in the Class 2A poll, 14-2, and 5-0 and in the conference, six-game winning streak. And you look at some of these teams that they've beaten, Adams Central, Wabash for the TRC lead, Canterbury, all those big victories during their streak. Uh, same sectional as Adams Central, Blackhawk Christian, and Bishop Lewis. So it's going to be 
that two A sectional is going to be is loaded and it's going to be a fun one to watch. Manchester won eight of their last nine. They're hot. All those teams in that sectional are pretty hot, so it should be a fun one. Uh, of course, we got to get through the regular season for the boys. Yeah, it's probably about three weeks to go. Yeah, that's uh, that is going to be a nice uh, sectional. Uh play there and uh, Manchester I'm sure everything in North P- Manchester is on fire for the Squires let's go on it. number two this week number two we find the Wayne Generals <laughs> this group 12 and 3 still sitting atop the SAT standing the 5 and 0 oh. they have that one win lead over uh, Lures of course the big matchup tomorrow night with those two teams four straight wins they dominated Northrop on Friday they dropped 80 on Arthur Hill out of Saginaw, Michigan on Saturday. 68.7 points per game leads the SAC. Of course, Javon Lewis, Jr., the the do-everything player for the Generals. 18 points versus Arthur Hill, 25 versus Northrop. You know, the respect needs to start happening for this Wayne team. Not just on my poll, they already do, but, but statewide. They're not even ranked. They're not even receiving votes. There are teams that they've beaten that are ahead of them in the polls, that's a shame, and it shouldn't happen. And people need to take notice of the Wayne Generals who got to semi-state a year ago and brought back a lot of players from last year's team. It, it baffles me how some of these polls are, but that's my little soapbox. Number two <laughs> is Wayne uh, for this week, a really good Generals team. Yeah, that doesn't make sense when you're leading the SAC in Fort Wayne and you're not even ranked in the in any of the polls. That's a little bit surprising, to say the least. And last but not least, the number one ranked team this week. Number one, we find the Bishop Lewis Knights. <laughs> you know, this Shannon, this group keeps rolling. They're 13-1 by my count. Everything of the research I've been doing, probably the best start in school history. Seven straight wins, 4-0 in the SAC. They beat Concordia, Blackhawk, Christian, Dwanger, and Norwell all in that seven-game stretch. And, of course, the Truesdale Twins are doing it uh, big for them. Uh, they have Wayne tomorrow night for, for what could decide the SAC, but also, too, they have a big February. Four road games in the last seven days to close out the regular season. This team is playing a lot of games, but they're playing really well right now. We'll see how that all bears out. Right now, the Knights are number one in the weekly poll. Yeah, Seth Coffin's done a great job out at Bishop Lures. Nothing. It's great to see when good things happen to good people like Seth and the and the Knights. Again, big big matchup tomorrow night right here on 1380. The fan against the Wayne Generals. And if you can't make it out, turn it into right here. But Mr. Dukevich, nice speaking to you again, my friend. Yeah, great to hear from you, and uh, we'll catch you down the line. That is from Parkview Sports Medicine, Eric Dukevich with his weekly poll of the top five boys and girls polls of the week. We're going to step aside, come back, and wrap a Thursday up here at the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Welcome back to a Thursday edition on the Sports Rush here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Remember, right after this, we got the high school basketball Coaches show coming up. Now, remember, that is only going to be for 45 minutes as we will break away to the Purdue-Fort Wayne Mastodons at the Northern Kentucky Norse. Brett Rump will have all the play-by-play action coming up at 645. 
hopefully he can push the Dons on to success tonight and get them back on track after a five-game losing streak that I hope they can snap tonight at a Northern Kentucky team that I believe you said Adam was eight and one on the year. Yeah, at their at home. So at home, yeah. Big big one there for the Dons tonight. Want to thank. Kent Sterling joining us from KentSterling.com as he filled us in on some of the Colts things that we reflected on today about not only at, uh, Anthony Richardson, but Chris Ballard and things that he uh, gave a, in, us insight on, on what the Colts need to look to moving forward. Uh, Zion Brown coming on from the Indy Star talking some of this Indiana basketball that right now uh, – is just a, I guess, a complete mess is a, a word that just keeps popping into my mind, Adam, as we move on through the Big Ten season. They've got Illinois coming up on Saturday after an eight-day layoff. Number 10, Illinois, uh, the Hoosiers take on there. And then, of course, big appreciation, Diamond Hands, Daniel Ansberry coming on, talking to us on his signing with the Fort Wayne Comets. And him coming back and back and forth from Danbury's. He's moving his family here as well. And, of course, Mr. Eric Dutkevich from coming on, talking about the top five boys and girls teams in the, or in the area this past uh, week. Thank them all. Thank to the producer, Adam Lundy. Brett Rump back in the chair here Friday on the Sports Rush. He'll take you home on a Friday. For now, this is the coach, Shannon Griffith. This has been the Sports Rush here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM.